By what name are you known? There are some who call me... Tim? Hey, this is C.E. Hoffman, host of Scribbles and Spills, a new podcast exploring the intersection of creativity and mental health. You're listening to 20 Tim Minutes. Episode 88 of 20 Tim Minutes. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. This podcast focuses on mental health through humor, insight, and personal stories. You can learn more about me at 20timminutes.com. You can download my app for free in iTunes and Android phones. Go to 2010minutes.com to go buy your merch. Come holler at your boy. You can text me or call me at 781-523-9333. It's not my real number, but it's a number that I can communicate with people. And uh, yeah, that introduction was done by C.E. Hoffman of Scribbles and Spills podcast. Uh, they're an author and screenwriter living with mental, mental illness. Uh, find out more at cehoffman.net. I haven't had an intro in quite some time. I was supposed to post that probably a couple weeks ago. Totally forgot. Pretty absent-minded a lot. That's the uh, ADHD in me, and I'm going to go over that a little bit later with uh, Tim's questions. I'm having more people sending questions, but that's good. But C.E. Hoffman, thank you so much for that introduction. Be sure to go check them out after this episode. Welcome back, guys. It's another great episode. Um, Episode 88. um, we're We're getting there. Almost to 90, and then sooner or later it's going to be 100, and then who knows what's going to happen. I might just give up at episode 99 and just be like, oh, that's all I needed. Because if you notice, I do zero and then the number episode, so when I get to 100, that ends. I won't be able to do zero anymore. Unless I do 0100 for 100 episode, but I feel like that's too much. That's trying too hard. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? If you don't, then you probably don't really listen to this episode. Or read it. It's like, I, I know a lot of music, I just don't know names of songs. That'd be the same way with this with this podcast. I I know what I talked about at some point. I couldn't tell you the name of any of my episodes. So I appreciate it. Uh, I had a fun little weekend. Went to the local fair, Marshfield Fair. Saw some animals uh, trapped in their environment, and uh, hopefully they get treated well. That's always like a a sad thing to see when you go to like a like a, a traveling circus, if you will, a fair, and they have like these goats and stuff and. Horses. I was going to say moose. Horses. Oh, all right. Sidetrack to a sidetrack. What do moose eat? I was trying to think about this. Someone, me and somebody were talking about moose or mooses or meese. Moose. How they're just huge. Like, do they eat anything besides grass? I feel like they would eat like a large rat. But moose is not nothing to mess with. But back to my other sidetrack was, uh, yeah, animals in captivity, like SeaWorld and stuff. Not a fan, but I'll still go put the quarter in the machine and have them eat out of my hands. Place is a joke. There's nothing really different. If you wanted to buy a bucket hat or a drug rug or a tapestry, they had it for you. Uh, I got deep-fried Oreos. Disgustingly great. Greatly disgusting. I ate it. What of it? It was good. Um, But, yeah, those fans are weird. So they were selling like spas, like like jacuzzis for like fourteen hundred, which is kind of a deal. But like, I don't think anyone's going to a fair being like, you know what I gonna buy today? A jacuzzi. Local stuff's weird. And then I just saw the great Bill Burr in uh, in concert. He played at Fenway Park, 
which is a baseball field for those who don't know. And uh, he played there, which is not a venue for stand-up comedy, but it was. And it was a good show. He made me laugh. And uh, that's all I can say about it. That's pretty much my weekend. Hopefully you guys had a great weekend as well. And uh, here I am, really bringing it. It's back to school season. And Tim goes up against his arch nemesis, the school bus. I absolutely hate school buses. And I love the joke of like people making fun of people with kids. It's like my first day, fourth grade, and it's like the most awkward photo. It's one of those things it's funny to make fun of, but it is like cute in a way as well. It's like I don't want any parents to stop, but it is ridiculous at times. Like I think when adults do it, it's even funnier. But yeah, school buses need to figure it out. When I, when I was a kid back in my day, all of us had to go down to the to the one section of the street at a corner and they would pick us all up. Now they're picking up kids at their house and they're dropping them off at their house. So Billy could live next to CV who lives next to Sally and they're making three stops. I'm trying to get home from work. I'm trying to go to work, whatever time I'm supposed to be at work. There's always a school bus in the way. They need to teach kids at like the age of like third, fourth grade that they need to figure it out how to cross the street without the help of that little stop sign that some people blow through that I wish I could have the balls to do it, but I would never do it. And they got to look both ways. We got to start training the kids. Wu-Tang is for the children. Protect your neck, protect your kids. Back to school season. I love seeing celebrities take care of their mental health, even though they probably get shit talked by everybody. Um, I saw Jordan, I don't even know his last name, Elsas, Elsass. He plays Superboy and Lois and Clark. There's too many Superman shows. So he had to take a break. Tom Holland, Spider-Man, took a break from social media. Jonah Hill's taking a break from press tours for a movie he's got coming up and future movies. And then Adrian Broner, a boxer, pulled out of a fight all because of mental health reasons, which I uh, I agree with. You, No matter who you are, how rich you are, how healthy you are, if you're not mentally there, take a day off. Take a week off, take a month off, take a year off. Do what you got to do to help out you. Don't listen to what other people have to say. And I know a lot of celebrities always, someone has something to say about them. And who cares? I feel like Jonah Hill gets a lot of shit all the time. And yeah, he might be a dick. Who knows? I don't know him. Could be great. Could be a dick. But they like I know he used to get shit on because of his weight. And his weight would go up and down and all that stuff. And I know he deals with like pretty bad anxiety. And you can kind of tell he does when uh, they did the roast to James Franco. He's up there and like he's having fun. But controlled anxiety is a real thing to me. I don't even know if that's a real term, but that's what I like to call it. Because sometimes I have controlled anxiety where I like use it to my advantage in a way. Where I expose myself to make it re- more relaxed. It's like showing off a pimple and, and no one says anything about the pimple. I'm like, hey guys. And I like I like burst it in front of them. That's, that's my anxiety. Bursting pimples is like kind of cool i uh i'm not a pimple popper person where i see i watch the show because that's gross but having a I, i've had one blackhead in my day and that was really fun to pop i'm sorry if that disgusts anybody but it's kind of it was kind of my thing um but yeah always take care of your mental health it's always good to see people i don't know if anyone looks up to these types of people but i would say yeah and they're um, they're doing a good thing all right, so I, I think I talked about this before is work and mental health with when it comes to like, should you, and I, I'm part of these like bipolar clubs on Facebook and stuff, and some people are like, I'm never going to tell work about my mental health and all that. Uh, so the United States Equal Opportunity, op, the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission say one in five adults in the U.S. experience a mental health issue in 2020. Anxiety disorders led among mental health challenges. 
the National Alliance of Mental Health Illness found with major depression and post-traumatic stress disorder following it in second and third place. It makes some sense. I feel like those are uh, pretty top three in general and uh, everybody. Because one in five, that's uh, has a bad odds to have a mental illness. Uh, the ADA, which is the Americans with Disabilities Act, defines a disability as a physical or mental impairment that substantially limits one or more major life activities. The phrase substantially limits can be very broadening construed. It does not indicate that a particular condition has to be permanent or even long term. It can be easily, it can be a disability even if it lasts only several months. So with that, you are protected telling your work about your mental health and mental illnesses because jobs can't like fire you or reprimand you for having a mental illness. Obviously, you need the right paperwork and what you need to get for help and to prove that. I get that. Obviously, they can't know details behind it, but you can't be abusing that either. You can't be going to work being like, yeah, uh, I, I have a mental health day. See ya. And just keep on doing it because then it starts ruining it for the people that need it. I don't abuse it myself. There's days I go into work that I probably could take off. Um, I know when I shouldn't have to go into work, I, I won't. Um, but that's very rare for me. I don't really call out sick unless I'm like really sick. Um, but I think more people should feel comfortable with their employer and they should be able to talk to their employer. And I think it, it, it gives a good heads up to them if something comes awry for you. Because, again, you got to worry about yourself. So don't be embarrassed. And, and, again, I'm not saying to go out and talk to your employer about it, but I feel like you should be comfortable enough to do that. Talk to HR if you don't and uh, get all the information that you need that if you have an issue, what you can do because HR does protect you. So if at your job you have that, I would just even see, inquire about it, not even if you have it. Maybe even if you want to help a fellow coworker that you're uh, friends with. Who knows? But be careful with that. And uh, do what you have to do to take care of yourself. So I didn't know about monkeypox, really. I looked into it uh, because there's like a huge stigma behind it with the uh, gay and bisexual community. Uh, so until a few months ago, the monkeypox virus was very rarely reported in humans outside of Africa. Um, so these facts have led to the spread of misinformation that monkeypox is a sexually transmitted infection. And that its transmission is strictly limited to the LGBTQ IA plus community. I need to start remembering what all those um, letters go for because I need to be a better ally. You know, I got to keep myself accountable. Typically, monkeypox is spread through prolonged skin to skin contact and large respiratory droplets from coughs and sneezes. Uh, the virus has a very low fatality rate, and vaccine that's 85% effective in preventing monkeypox is already available, which is great. So, the stigma behind this is it's kind of like when COVID happened, people were hating on Asians for no reasons because like that was uh, apparently where it came from. So I can only imagine now that the gay community will have maybe some PTSD when it comes to getting hated on for something that isn't their fault. So monkeypox is related with mental health issues. Um, you can just see how things can trigger other people and other things to really get affected by. Um, and that one sucks because it's like, it is misinformation. It's like, oh, a lot of the uh, gay communities get monkeypox, uh, which is blame it on them. And that is not the case. I thought that was interesting. I wanted to bring that up because I don't know about monkeypox and I need to fucking learn better to teach whoever out there can't learn as well as me. I'm here. I'm the people's mental health advocate. You know, I'm doing what I can do because I'm not smart. 
but I try to articulate with words that I can't really pronounce or, or explain. That's that's the game plan I do. So I've been trying to wanting to do this. I want more people to send in questions and comments to me so I can um, answer them as best as I can and do some research and stuff. So I have three really good ones today. Um, again, you can send me a text message at 781-523-9333. Shoot me an email at tim at 20timminutes.com or find me on any social media at 20timminutes and uh, you'll find me. It's very easy to find me on the internet. Okay, 20 minutes, Tim McCarthy, boom, there I am. Here's one question I got, and all my questions will be um, anonymous, so I will not give your information, especially if you're going to send me something very private. So I respect that, and I respect you. What are some basic daily practices that you use to help maintain your mental health? That's a great question. Um, I'm trying to do my affirmations more in the morning when I start off um, and be thankful and grateful for what I have and what I got going for me. Um, Being off my phone, I need to start working on when I wake up in the morning and before I go to bed. So I think a good daily practice for me is not being on my phone as much, getting things in order, um, drinking a bunch of water, just making sure that I have my life organized before I go out in my day. Because if I forget something, I get very angry. So with that, try to get yourself scheduled very well so you can plan your day. Obviously, things happen when things don't go your way. So my bipolar sometimes gets a little bit of aggravated by that. But that's okay. I'm still working on it. But uh, yeah, daily practices is just making sure I'm breathing correctly making sure I have my things done, um, any task I have, try not to be lazy, but with my ADHD and bipolar, sometimes things get uh, in the way. But uh, I was going to share this, 10 signs that you may be overstressed. That could be another thing to help you realize that you need to work on your mental health and use some more basic daily practices. Uh, sleep patterns are off. You feel depressed, anxious or irritable, frequent headaches, Digestive issues, racing heartbeat or high blood pressure, more acne, you're very sick often, feel achy, and sex drive is down. That Those are signs that you may be overstressed. For me, when I'm overstressed, I feel like I get my cold sores, which I've said in an episode before. If uh, sharing is caring, then why aren't cold sores called cool sores? You know what I mean? Let's make them cool. HPV 2 or is it 1? HPV one's genital herpes, I think. And then the other HPV is just your cool sore on your mouth. But you can give cool sores to give um, herpes, genital herpes. So I don't know which one's which. Again, that's another thing I should probably look into, but I don't really need to um, because I, you got to practice safe sex. So if you have a cold sore or a cool sore, stay home. Don't, uh, don't do anything. And that's, that's Sex Tips by Tim. Um, but that was a great question. So thank you for that. Another one I got was, uh, what's the biggest difference between ADHD and bipolar disorder? So I looked this one up too, a little bit to explain a little bit more on the like, uh, professional side, because, uh, I feel like a lot of them, it's funny, these two are totally different, but they have similar qualities in them. So the main symptom of ADHD is a disturbance in attention. So that's like attention deficit, uh, Oh my God. Attention deficit, hyper dysfunction, hyper disorder, hyper disorder. Holy shit. Attention deficit, hyper disorder is ADHD. I'm literally having brain farts in my head. That's where my ADHD comes from because I 
have time blindness and I recorded this way too late and I'm definitely smoked. I uh, I can't even pronounce the old, my own personal mental illness. That's great. And the main symptom of bipolar, which bipolar stands for bipolar, um, is the disturbance in mood. Uh, bipolar disorder is primarily a mood disorder. ADHD affects attention and behavior. It causes symptoms of inattention, hyperactivity, impulsivity. While ADHD is chronic and ongoing, bipolar disorder is usually episodic, which periods of normal mood intersped with depression, mania, and hypomania. So both of them are interesting because uh, they both are impulsive, inattention, hyperactivity, physical energy, behavioral, emotional liability. Um, ADD, ADHD starts early on. Bipolar kind of goes in with uh, your teenage years and a little bit more. Um yeah, then one you take a mood stabilizer for and the other one's a stimulant. Like I take Adderall for my ADHD and then my my um, Lamictal for my mood stabilizer for my bipolar. So, yeah, it's funny. They're to- totally different, but I-, I-, I have a tough time differentiating the two because of uh, how I have to deal with both of them. I think the time blindness is like the biggest one for me is, is between. So ADHD affected me to not do this episode on time and my bipolar hates myself for being such a procrastinator so it's an internal battle so i would say that's the easiest way to describe it and in an example form was yeah my adhd prevented me uh from recording this episode on time and the bipolar in me uh really got me upset with how shitty i am as a person and uh and it might not be the best analogy but it just goes to show like what i'm dealing with and that's how i feel um, so like some of the similarities of, of both, you got risk-taking behavior, um, executive functioning, difficult difficulties, emotional regulation, difficulties, irritability, hyper-focus, and then someone just the bipolar side is uh distinct mood episodes, mania and depression, uh, mood changes are random and, uh, they cycle pretty easily. Uh, psychotic symptoms may be present with bipolar and ADHD, um, mood changes on situationals, uh, interest-based nervous system, um, and typically responds well to a stimulant like Adderall, which uh, I think I'm on the highest dose and I can't even, uh, can't, I feel like I'm not even, it doesn't even work for me anymore. So with my last question, let me, uh, let me go with this because we're wrapping up and I thought this was funny. Not funny, but why are strangers attracted to convicted serial killers, including fan mail and married? So this is actually a real thing, and I know it was, but I didn't know there was a name for it. Hybristophilia. 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 Sounds like hybra. Um, It's a sexual interest and attraction to those who commit crimes, a paraphernalia in which sexual arousal, felicitation, and attainment of orgasm are responsive to and contingent upon being filled with a partner known to have committed a crime, which is also the Bonnie and Clyde syndrome. Very, very uh, strange. Uh, I know like girls are like, oh my God, I love wine and I love crime documentaries and, and like podcasts and stuff. I think the infatuation with like murders and stuff, I get. When it comes to like loving killers and being like, I love Ted Bundy. He's so hot. Like that's when you like kind of like, okay, this something up. Um, yeah. So like Jeffrey Dahmer, a serial killer, is said to have had an enormous woman sending him letters, money, and other gifts during his time in prison, despite being a homosexual. Okay, they should have uh, put that two and two together. And that guy killed 
a lot of people. And this guy, who's the hugest piece of shit, Richard Ramirez, the night stalker who killed 13 people and had more than a passing interest in Satanism. Fucking nut. Had fans would write him letters and pay him visits that included Doreen Loy, who married him in San Quentin State Prison in 1996. Like, that man killed 13 people. You're like, you know what? That guy's right up my alley. So these aren't exactly why, but some um, psychology professors said that this could be because of a low self-esteem or lack of a father figure in women. Uh, Some believe they can change a man as cruel and powerful as a serial killer. Others see the little boy in that killer once was and seek to nurture him. A few hope to share in the media spotlight or get a book or a movie deal out of it, which I get that. I get that a lot. Um, And then... Then there's a notion of the perfect boyfriend. She knows where he is at all times, and she's thinking of any, and she knows he's thinking about her. While she can claim that someone loves her, she does not have to endure the day-to-day issues involved in most relationships. Which actually kind of cool. You have like a guy that's just stuck in jail. You're like, well, he's my boo. Um, others offered reasons along the lines of some mental health experts have compared infatuation with killers to extreme forms of uh, fanaticism. They view such women as insecure females who cannot find love in normal ways or love-avoidant females who seek romantic relationships that cannot be consummated. So, yeah, um, I don't like to say shit about people, but if you're a man or woman that uh, is infatuated with somebody that was a murderer, murdered, let's say, like a handful of people, and you're like, you know what? I love that man. I'm going to send him a letter and some cash and see if uh, see if he reciprocates. But those reasons seem like pretty logical. But I feel like an illogical human would get into that. But it is a thing. Hybristophilia. It's a real thing. I thank you. This was another episode of 20 Tim Minutes. I love you guys. And have a good one. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.